0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report.
1: On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Kevin Lytle. He covers Colorado State for the Coloradoan up in Fort Collins. We preview Vanderbilt and Colorado State coming up at 10 o'clock Eastern Time Saturday night on the CBS Sports Network. How does Colorado State's rush defense improve against Vanderbilt's rushing attack and can the commodores get their first win of the season against this mountain west opponent we've got predictions analysis and a full preview coming right up here on the door report powered by alaco fine wood floors let's ride
0: you're listening to the door report the premier vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold commodore nation anchor down
1: Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode one hundred and five on September tenth, twenty twenty-one. We are, as always, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Will, it's time to preview week two. We got Colorado State. A trip over to Fort up to Fort Collins. A long uh, flight for the for the Commodores. They're actually making the uh, the flight soon. the the uh, The equipment truck is there, and they're making their trip uh, up there tonight. Uh, but Will, this is. I mean, we're going to say this about every week and every game, I think this year, but this week in particular, I'm really interested to see how this team answers and how they respond to the biggest adversity they've had yet. And, you know, for for Colorado state, they're in the same spot. So this should be, I think we're looking at a good game. I think it could be entertaining, um, and filled with emotion, uh, because both these teams are in the same spot. You could argue.
2: There are a lot of interesting storylines in this game between two pretty random teams. I think if you asked a majority of college football fans, you would say this is a pretty random matchup between Vanderbilt and Colorado State. You wouldn't think there's a lot of connections, but both teams got drubbed by FCS opponents in week one. Granted, uh, Colorado State was against South Dakota State, who Mm -hmm. it will be an FCS national title contender, but it's really similar situations in the fact that this is two 0 1 teams, and this is a make or break game for both of them for the remainder of the season to see if they can salvage a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, maybe in 2021.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, you said light at the end of the tunnel. This isn't like some skyrocketing up to, you know, the top 25. This is no. to get back on track. This is to to, fi- to it's a find get right them. game. Yeah, it's a get right game, and and for both teams, and and you know mm-hmm. we, we asked the question to Kevin Lytle, who will join us a little bit later. We'll give you our predictions. Kevin Lytle covers Colorado State for the Coloradoan uh, up there in Mountain Time, so it's kind of confusing getting this uh, interview organized, but <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, I mean, just to get it's a get right game, and you got to get uh, get back on the right track for both teams. So it uh, this could be an emotional matchup, Steve Adazio versus Clark Lee. Well, before we get to the uh, the matchup and our picks, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on anchor iTunes, Spotify, and Google podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get into Colorado state.
0: Today's breaking news is brought to you by the recycling dudes. You may ask who are the recycling dudes? Well, their brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter, living in Westmead. The Recycling Dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at recyclingdudes.com.
1: All right, Will. Uh, this matchup is very interesting and and the reasons why I don't think if Vanderbilt would have drubbed ETSU and Colorado State would have drubbed uh, South Dakota State, I don't think it would have been as intriguing as it is right now because I mean both those teams lost to those two teams and I don't think we necessarily expected that South Dakota State is a whole lot better than ETSU. Uh, but for both of these teams, the the emotions should be high, and the very start of the game, I think, is, is going to be interesting to watch. How does Vanderbilt start this game? I, not necessarily defensively. The defense played, you know, played, I don't want to say well, because they did gave a, give up uh, 23 to an FCS team, but if you think about it, they really only gave up 16 points because of the offense's turnovers, so, um, well, they're going up against a really good quarterback. Todd Santeo is is solid, but what I want to see, Will, I want to see a team that, that's, that's so pissed off that Colorado State doesn't know what hit them. I mean, I, right now, Vanderbilt is a punching bag for the rest of the country, and, and they've been for the last two years. And Clark Lee knows that. The players know that. I mean, if you have a brain, you know that. And so what I want to see, I want to see this team take that personally and play with a chip on their shoulder. And, and an edge that we haven't seen before. We didn't see that against ETSU. You know, take some pride in that gold helmet, that V and, and the uniform you have on and take it to the opponent. Take the fight to the opponent. And Will, that, that, that's what Clark wants to see. That's what we all want to see. And if we can see that and, you know, throw the wins and losses away, if we can just see that, I think Vandy fans are going to be a lot, um, a lot more, I guess, optimistic about the rest of the season.
2: Man, there's so much that I want to get to talking about it. I hope I can remember to hit all the points because I don't think I've laid them out very succinctly in my notes. But this game for Vanderbilt, I think we all look back and and the obvious comparison to that first game, a disastrous start to a coaching tenure is Temple 2014 for Derek Mason. Mm -hmm. And what exacerbated that situation and the feeling around the start of his coaching tenure was the next week, we discussed this in the previous on on the Reaction Podcast, was they got absolutely destroyed and dominated with no energy by Ole Miss and lost 48-3. to And that set the tone just as much as that disaster start to the season with with Temple. So going into this game, it's not even going out there and necessarily winning. That would be great because before this podcast, uh, before we started recording, Billy, we've been doing this podcast about a year and a half. (laughs) And we, uh, we just realized we have yet to react to a win from Vanderbilt football. So that would be great to be able to come on here it and might. react to a win. That'd be really fun. But that would be awesome. But I, And I also miss Revealed, Billy. It's been since 2019. Oh, yeah. I, miss, I miss Vanderbilt Revealed. I miss those the last, episodes. The last so.
1: Revealed was ETSU. Oh, man. 20, uh,
2: 2019. Yeah. <laughs> That that's that is ironic. That that was actually that's actually pretty good. But um, that right there, and then it's just there's a lot of things in the game plan and moving forward that I think there are going to be adjustments done, and I think we're really going to see what this team is going to look like for the remainder of the season in this game, and I think it's just a huge determinant of. Is this team going to be competitive, or is this likely going to be a 1-11 season with the only win coming against the only worst team in FBS football, the UConn Huskies?
1: Yeah, that's going to be an electric matchup, Vanderbilt and (laughs) UConn. But, Will, I I think what I look at in this matchup is – how much South Dakota state was able to run on Colorado mm-hmm. state and Colorado state was a really good uh, run defense team last year. I think they only gave up three, four yards of carry, uh, but against, against South Dakota state, they gave up seven yards a carry. Pierre strong for the Jack rabbits ran for 138 yards. Uh, Isaiah Davis also ran for 84 yards. So they gave up 242 yards uh, rushing and, and, you know, they gave up 224 yards through the air, but, I think with this this game, Will Vanderbilt has to run the ball. They have to establish the run in a way that you know they did not establish the run against ETSU. You know, fifty-four yards for Ramon Davis. Mike Wright had a couple had a couple runs, but you know you have to establish running, especially at the FCS level, but even at the Mountain West level when you're playing a team like this. And if they can't, could be another long game. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but you know if you you have to be able to establish the run. Because if it, that does not, it doesn't help the passing game at all. Um, so, will I think establishing the run, but also working with some of the play action, and of course the O line. I mean, the O line has to be better.
2: They've got to be yeah, ten I mean, times better. it it all comes back to the offensive and defensive lines, and obviously in the second segment of this, with a great interview that we had. Um, with Kevin Little Lytle. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I just (laughs) give up with names at this point. Um, He'll he'll go into more of a preview of the precise what Colorado State will be looking to do against Vanderbilt. But what he did mention, because I don't want to spoil too much of that interview, is that Colorado State is going to be looking to run the ball a lot more and a lot more effectively than they did against South Dakota State in week one. They, their quarterback threw 42 passes in week one, and I really, really doubt you're going to see him above 40. Mm-hmm. I really doubt you're probably not going to see him above that 30, 32 number mm-hmm. is probably what that you're going to see more of. Because week one, their their running attack was was pitiful, um, and it was against an FCS opponent. And it had a lot, even Vanderbilt's running attack was better in yards per carry right. with Ron Davis, and that was pretty anemic against an FCS opponent so getting which side can get that running game going early like you mentioned is going to be a big determinant who can control that clock because what Colorado State wants to do is control the ball control time of possession and tire out that Vanderbilt defense.
1: Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the defense will. I want to go right there. Vanderbilt's defense also has also has to wake up a little bit. ETSU, you can't give up nearly 200 yards to an FCS team. I mean, they rush for 179 yards. And if you're Colorado State, you're sitting there licking your chops saying, hey, we should be able to run the ball against this team. We're going to try to, try to impose our will. That's what Kevin was talking about. He said what Adazio is going to be is going to, is going to attack is Vanderbilt's defense in the interior of that line. And, and really, you know, try to bully them like ETSU did. And it, it, as sad as it feels saying that ETSU bullied Vanderbilt and, and going into that game, I remember you specifically saying Vanderbilt, I expect Vanderbilt to bully this team. And, you know, I, I mean, that, that, that did not happen in any phase of the game. So if you're Colorado state, you're looking to to do exactly that, exactly what ETSU did. So yes, Vanderbilt's running game and offensive line has to wake up and and react better, but this defense better step up as well because they've got an even bigger challenge ahead of them. I mean, Colorado State is 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 no slouch. I mean, you could argue they are a more talented team than ETSU. I think I think we would agree with that. Um, so, will I think looking at this game, it's going to come down to turnovers, and Kevin said that. Uh, especially, you know, most games it does, but in this one in particular, turnovers are going to be, I mean, they're going to be like, you know, like a skyrocket just blew up. I mean, you turn the ball over, that's, it's never good, especially in a game like this, I think, you know, you got two teams who are looking to get back on the right track.
2: Yeah. Well, Colorado State is, Definitely more talented than ETSU. Vanderbilt yeah. is definitely more talented than ETSU. It it wasn't talent that won that game. Vanderbilt got out executed, and yeah. and ETSU played pretty much a flawless game. I mean, everything they did, they executed perfectly. Everything worked perfectly, and nothing worked. What seemed like nothing worked correctly for Vanderbilt. So, uh, Vanderbilt didn't get dominated. You, you we can touch on the number one key to the game, which is turnovers. Yeah, um, we'll start out there. Is Vanderbilt didn't get dominated in the box score Um, if anything they they actually had the better statistical performance against ETSU, but the one key stat that ETSU absolutely dominated Vanderbilt in was turnovers yeah and that was not the case for Colorado State's game against South Dakota State they did get dominated in the box score. South Dakota State averaged eight yards per pass play and 7.1 yards per run against that Colorado State defense that going into the year was expected to have two, three guys in that Mm -hmm. front seven that could be potential NFL players. So, Colorado State has talent. It's just going to be key to see how that environment is in Fort Collins and see if the fans and that anxiety that might be inside the stadium starting out. Oh, and two, if things get started out mm. kind of poorly for them, I think things could snowball, but they could also snowball in the, in the opposite direction to Vanderbilt. So that first quarter is going to be a lot more key in this game than it has been in the past or will be in the rest of
1: the season. And another key in this game, Will, is the quarterbacks. And we're going to be mm-hmm. – I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this position the rest of the season before every game. But I think what we did learn against ETSU is how Coach Clarkley wants to attack defenses with this style, with this style of play. And, I mean, yeah, we, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of throwing Mike right in there in the in the first quarter and, and even in the second quarter. But, you know, he wants to run him in packages. So, Will, in order to for Vanderbilt to win this game – what do the quarterbacks have to do? I mean, it, obviously they need to make make better reads. Ken Seals, you know, it, it, you're looking at some of the film. Uh, Bryce Smith put up a really good uh, video piece about a minute and a half long on, on uh, Vandy Hustler, and he was basically analyzing all the looks that Ken Seals missed because he was so worried about his lack of protection. Um, so, Will, with these quarterbacks, what do you want to see? You know, what do you want to see? Of course you want to see protection, but that's be, that's beyond the point you know, for these quarterback and how much do you want them to play? I, I don't know. We could see Mike Wright more than we did, you know, who knows? But I think what Clark Lee established in that ETSU game is he, he knows how he wants to use them. And I don't think there's any stopping Mike Wright from going in right now.
2: Yeah. The offensive line play is a given that has to be better against a more talented front seven from Colorado State than they, than they faced against ETSU Um it, he went into detail, Kevin did, um, in that segment to interview about Colorado State's attack and, and what they would be planning to do. But um, uh, he said Scott Patchen, he mentioned as a name, mm-hmm. and that'll be a key guy to stop and keep off of pressure on Ken Seals and Mike Wright. Ken Seals, plain and simple, turnovers. That That's what has to go away. That was a struggle for him last year. He had 12 touchdown passes, but he also did have 10 interceptions. Mm-hmm. And that fumble that he had looked like the Bad News Bears. I'm not sure what happened, how the ball slipped out of his hand that way. What I want to see is Mike Wright coming in in red zone packages, and outside of that, it's Ken Seals' offense. What I think will happen is we're going to see pretty much the exact same thing we saw last week, and you're going to see Mike Wright heavily rotated in based on listening to Clark Lee in his press conferences and press availability Mm -hmm. throughout the week. So I, I think it's just a major key is turnovers for Ken Seals, and just if there's nothing there, just throw the ball away. There's worse things than throwing the ball away and not making that key turnover. Don't try to do too much. And that also goes into the other side of the game plan. Don't put into the game plan for Ken Seals to be throwing these outside the hash 15-yard deep out routes. Deep one-on-one has to be dropped over the shoulder. If it's thrown too inside, the safety can get inside on it. That can't happen. Just simplify the game plan, get your playmakers in space. And if they win their one-on-one battles, you win the game. If you, if they lose their one-on-one battles, you lose the game. Put it in the hands of that and don't overcomplicate the game plan this week for either quarterback.
1: Yeah, and if you are can trust your instincts, you know if you see if you see Schoenwald open up the middle, give him the ball. If you see Cam open on a little bubble screen, give him the ball. Put him in space. Give your guys the ball and and give them chances to succeed. So, Will, I mean, the other thing with this team is the energy. And and you know, against ETSU, obviously, when you're losing thirteen to three, it's it's almost, almost <coughs> excuse me, almost impossible. To, you know, create any sort of energy, there's just, you know, there's none going around. So I'm not pointing at the coaching staff necessarily. I mean, of course, you'd love to see more energy, you know, from them, but Clerk Lee's a stoic guy. He's, he's not, he's not a James Franklin character. He's not going to give you some rah-rah speech. I mean, potentially at halftime, you know, with, without eyes on him, but you know, out in the public, I don't think you'll see much of that. I think it's okay. When there's a time to celebrate and encourage a guy, we're going to, we're going to give him that love, but you know, energy will is a big thing in football. Of course, you know, if, if I have to see, the whole sideline jumping up before the kickoff. And, you know, like some teams do, I, I'm fine with that. Any way you can create some cor- some sort of energy. I want to see because you didn't see any of that against ETSU. Now you're going on the road, you know, for a business trip, you, you get to wear your all whites and, and any way you can create some energy. I want to see that, you know, and, and, and then I think that will send a message to Vandy fans too. By the way, I love the all-white uniforms with the gold helmets. Uh, it's I absolutely 10 love times that. better than what Mason had, by far. <clears throat> I,
2: I love that image they released. But Very the energy silent. week one was not what I expected. Um, and a lot of that is we mentioned... It's been 10 games in a row now. Um, if you going back to last season, you're 0-10. It's hard to create energy within a locker room when things aren't trending in the right direction. That's probably the hardest thing to do in team sports because one thing starts going wrong when you already have had a string of things that have continuously gone wrong. And then boom, you're like, okay, back to square one. This one's already gone and, and over. But th- that can't happen this week because Colorado State isn't exactly coming in setting the world on fire they they've only won eight of their last 28 games going Mm -hmm. eight and 20. so this program is faltering over the last three seasons as well and this is a position that vanderbilt if they can go in and win this game it would be a huge boost to morale and i think it would just create that energy regardless of the rest of the outcome of this season that this team early this year faced the adversity of getting a lot of hate they read those comments on social media they read the comments from the media and on TV they see all of those things if they can take all of that and come out go into an away game against an opponent that is also playing kind of with the same Mm -hmm. pressure on top of them with the rest of their season on the line even this early against teams that probably aren't even bowl contenders necessarily Mm -hmm. so uh, just going out there and performing well and it's going to be a lot to watch this upcoming this upcoming (laughs) Saturday there's a lot of pressure Um, on two 0-1 teams that just lost to FCS opponents.
1: Yeah, it it should be interesting. And for that, I think it's, you know, as much as we say not many people will watch this, I think you could get some curious eyes on it to just see, Mm -hmm. okay, how... How necessarily bad are these teams right now? Like, you know, how 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 bad are they, and how even will it be? Could and it's also can... going
2: to be such a late kickoff. I think you, if this game is gets tight late, there's not going to be many other games going on. Exactly. So I think that yeah. I think if Vanderbilt can actually come out and have a good performance against Colorado State, you're going to have a decent amount of eyes on you late at night, and those late night uh, college football gamblers that may have uh, not had <laughs> not had too good of a performance throughout the rest of the day.
1: Yeah, they might be looking for a game to watch on CBS. <laughs> Sports Network uh, at 1 a.m. I might have, to throw on, before. <laughs> might have to throw on Colorado State and Vandy. But, Will, I have oh. some bad news for you. There are even more Temple transfers on this Colorado State team. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying that any of them played in that game, that 2014 game, but there are even more, especially with Steve Adazio being from Boston College. He's got Boston College transfers. He's got Temple transfers. Uh, but I think what we want is we don't want to find out that any of them played in that game.
2: It's amazing, I, I, dude. Temple transfers, because I wrote down in the notes, I said Temple transfers are everywhere because <laughs> their quarterback is a transfer from Temple. Ramon Davis is obviously a transfer from Temple. You had Temple last week uh, in the in the linebacker that that played on that 2014 team that was yeah. there on ETSU. How many players have they had come into that program and transfer out? Well, I'm it's really a very confused. random program yeah, to, to have so many players.
1: I don't even know if they have a program anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's everyone. no...
2: They just come in for like one year. They're like contract football players, and then they go find somewhere else to play. It's very that's, odd.
1: That's Temple football for you, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. So that's uh, something not really something to watch. But we uh, we're gonna kind of a Temple transfer alert throughout the season yep. is what we're watching. Uh, but will I think we're uh, I think it's up. I think we're it's uh, it's time for predictions. Um, and boy, it, it was really tough thinking about this. When I took the last couple of days uh, thinking about my prediction and. I came to the conclusion that Vanderbilt's defense will play similar to how they played against ETSU. Colorado State's not an overwhelming offense. They are better offensively than ETSU. They can throw the ball more effectively. But if Vanderbilt can stop the run, and and you know, I'm not saying completely stop and dominate that game defensively, but if they can contain the run to a point where you're forcing Santeo to throw the ball in, in those third down situations, I think the defense could play up to their potential. But a key, obviously, Will in this one is offensively is Ken Seals getting protection. And Mike Wright doesn't need protection as much as Ken Seals, but it, it bottom line is if this offensive line doesn't protect, this team has no shot, zero shot in any games this year. I mean, I don't care. That's that's football. So again, I think this offense will improve. I think they're gonna put up 17 points. I think they score a couple touchdowns, us hits a field goal, but There's just not enough. They're playing catch up throughout the whole game. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to see turnovers, but I think you could still see some because of how, you know, this isn't necessarily a young offense, but in this system, they're still learning. They're still learning how to run that in Joey Lynch now in his system. Um, So, well, if they can get the running game going, I think it could be a Vanderbilt win, but again, I don't see that happening. I've got Colorado state 21 Vandy 17.
2: This is a really, really tough game to predict. Um, I, I've i done the same, I've been thinking about it, and I've swapped back and forth. Yeah. And the gambling market is actually, it started out, I believe, Colorado State was around a two-point favorite over Vanderbilt to start the week. They've moved all the way out at one point at its peak to plus eight or minus eight, so an eight-point favorite over a touchdown over Vanderbilt. I think it's minus now seven they, now. Yeah, now they've moved back down to seven, so um, that's about where it will settle. So, about a touchdown difference. Usually, home field advantage in, in college is about three points. Um, Is usually what that gains you. So they're Mm -hmm. looking that Colorado State is probably around four, four and a half points better than Vanderbilt. But I look at this Colorado State playing at home Mm. can go one of two ways. I'm not sure that this is a team that struggled. Apparently, when we had when we discussed it with Kevin, he said that the the coaching hire was not necessarily the most popular among the fan base. And then you throw in the struggles they had recently, and then you throw in losing, getting dominated by an FCS opponent. I can see this going one of two ways. If Vanderbilt can come out, they don't even have to perform great early, but just have a lead going into the second quarter, whether it's a three-point lead, be tied. Mm-hmm. I think that stadium is going to start getting really anxious. Because I think the feeling around this Colorado State fan base is that they should win this game. Not this, not that they can, that they should. Yeah. Um, and if this game is tight or Vanderbilt is leading even into that second quarter, I think you're going to see some really antsy fans in those stands, and that's going to lead to these players pressing because they know what's at stake. Mm-hmm. They know the season's on the line. And playing at home with those eyes on you, I think it can actually benefit. And what I don't think is going to be a raucous environment. I don't want to say anything against Colorado State, but it's just not the same as going Mm. down into into playing against Georgia or going up into Neyland Stadium or Bryant-Denny. It's not the same. So I, I think that can benefit Vanderbilt, but I just really hope that they lean heavily on allowing Ken Seals to get a feel for the game. Don't give him two, three, four drives and pull him. Give him a full half because the main reason why the QB two quarterback system doesn't work, in my opinion, I obviously did not play quarterback in college football, (laughs) but it's – you have to get a feel for the game. You can see tendencies of players and tendencies of a linebackers coming up here when they're typically running cover two, or the say, or, or it's a giveaway from this corner that he's gonna be dropping back into cover four, he's gonna be dropping back into cover three as opposed to dropping down into the flats. And you don't get that same rhythm and feel when you're being swapped in and out of the game because they're swapping in and out defenders a lot more often as well. So it's tough to get a feel, it's tough to find rhythm with your offense as well. And I really, really hope they don't rotate too heavily. And to get to my prediction now, Billy, after that (laughs) long-winded prediction of saying what could happen, Vanderbilt needs to establish the run game. Offensive line needs to play better. And defensive line has to provide pressure on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. If they can even do two of those three things, I think Vanderbilt's going to be able to put a lot of pressure on Colorado State. And I hate that I'm doing this after last (laughs) week. But i think vanderbilt is able to pull out a 24 to 20 when the defense is going oh. to play pretty similarly to last week which was a pretty solid performance obviously this is tougher competition but if the defense can play well and they can pick up the pressure on the defensive line colorado state this season does not have an extremely talented offense and i think quay holmes is a more talented back than they will be facing this week so the offensive line for Colorado State will be better, but the running back they'll be playing I don't think is as talented, which is a very rare thing to say when you've faced an FCS opponent the previous week.
1: One of us had to pick a win. I mean, yeah. That's that's bottom line. One of us had to. And, and again, I, I'm not, I, I hope I'm wrong, Will. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. I think Vanderbilt can win this game um but again I, I gotta see what if you, it's more of like, what have you done for me lately you know and, and and i'll believe this offense when i see it but hey one of us is going to be right here and uh you know we usually <laughs> a, agree on picks but i, I like this it's this probably this good is the sign. first time in a while i
2: think we haven't been on the same side of, a, of yeah. a pick
1: and this could result in uh quite the episode monday recapping a win so you never know uh, but there it is. I got Will uh, – I got Colorado State beating Vandy 21-17. Will's got the Commodores getting the win 24-20. to Well, it's time now to get into our interview. Uh, Kevin Lytle, he was a great guest. He covers Colorado State for the Colorado. And another solid uh, preview from, from the other perspective. He gave us some info on some of the guys coming back for Colorado State who uh, have not been healthy, uh, talked about the atmosphere. And, uh, you know, it's always good to catch up with a guy who's uh, over in mountain time.
2: Yeah, these previews are a lot better, and the preview interviews, I think, are a lot more important to listen to if you're a Vanderbilt fan, because if if you're a normal college football fan and you're in the southeast, you likely aren't following Colorado State too in detail. And that's, that's nothing against you being a true college football fan. So it gives a good breakdown of kind of the philosophy of this coaching staff, what they're going to be looking to do and establish against Vanderbilt and what they are also looking as their get-right game, just like Vanderbilt is looking at, at it as their get-right game. So... Um, he, gives, he gives a nice little breakdown of their offense and defense and some of the talent that struggled last week against South Dakota State that they have in that front seven that we keep discussing. So definitely a good listen for Commodore fans, and he does give his prediction at the end as well.
1: Yes, he does, and uh, he had to stay true to his prediction he gave earlier <laughs> in the week on the radio. But we got the get-right game, Colorado State and Vanderbilt, Saturday night, 10 o'clock Eastern time on CBS Sports Network. We got Kevin Lytle from the Colorado and coming up next here on The Door Report. Before we get into the interview with Kevin Lytle from the Colorado Inn. he covers Colorado State football up in Fort Collins. It's now time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting
0: sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco fine wood floors, craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back
1: into the door report. Here in our interview portion, we are now joined by Kevin Lytle. He covers Colorado State for the Coloradoan up there in the Fort Collins area. He is, uh, has been gracious, gracious enough with his time to join us here.
3: Kevin, how are you doing? Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, I'm doing great. Looking forward to this. Thanks for having me on, guys.
1: Yeah, Kevin. I want to start with last weekend for Colorado State, and we'll touch on Vanderbilt and and kind of what happened with them last weekend a little bit later. But for Colorado State, uh, the rush defense was was what I look at, and 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 looking at how much they struggled is what I was surprised with. Uh, why do you think their their rush defense struggled so much, and do you think that was um, you know something that caused them to to lose that game and kind of kind of get out of it?
3: Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I think the the struggles of the front seven were both. Probably the key to it, and and probably the biggest surprise. CSU um, really has been excited about their front seven defensively. You know, Steve Adazio said, you know, one of the best in the nation, which is probably some hyperbole, but certainly could be best in one of the best in the Mountain West, I think. And and they just kind of got pushed around. That was a big surprise. And you know, South Dakota State has some uh, you know potential NFL linemen, but you know, CSU has a couple guys that think they're NFL D linemen. So is a really big surprise. You know, they were missing Toby McBride, who's one of their uh, fairly significant pieces on the D line, and he should be back this week, so that helps. But that still doesn't explain. You know, seven yards a carry is a pretty uh, shocking number, and yeah, that that um, South Coast State's pass game, and it all kind of just crumbled with that, and was absolutely, I think, the number one uh, kind of red flag.
1: Right. And, and, you know, heading into this Vanderbilt matchup, it is, this is now a week to, to shore some of that up. And, and Coach Adasio uh, said in his press conference, he said, referring to first games of the season, he said, I don't put a whole lot of stock into a lot of those. You know, a lot of the first games, uh, you know, you learn a lot about your team, but, you know, you, you still got 11 games to play. So uh, for Colorado State this week and kind of their approach to this game, Uh, How do you think they're approaching this Vanderbilt team? Of course, a team that struggled a lot last weekend with an FCS team as well. Um, So how would you uh, assess their approach kind of to this uh, this Vanderbilt matchup? Yeah, it is
3: kind of funny with CSU and Vanderbilt having kind of similar disastrous week ones in a lot of ways. So it's kind (laughs) of weird. But uh, it's a weird one because, you know, as Adazio said, it's kind of hard to really know what to expect from Vanderbilt. You know, it's one game into a new head coach. (laughs) You don't really have an idea of what the real identity or what they're going to want to do. But for CSU, in some ways, they're going to change some things. You know, they threw it a lot last week and they've been talking all camp about that span focus, but Adazio basically said, we're going to reverse that and go back to run heavy offense. He said, you know, expect 60, 40 run to pass because the running game was, was really bad. And, you know, he's a guy that has a history as an O-line coach uh, kind of wants to get that going the other he was really going to try, you know, sort of the old school ground and pound and wear them down type of game plan. And and obviously defensively, first off, they need to start stopping the run uh, because that's that's where it all starts, because if if a team is running on CSU, it's trouble because the secondary is very young, very inexperienced. So there are pass plays available for opponents. So if you're also not stopping the run, it can get ugly.
2: Yeah, You jumped ahead of us a little bit there with the uh, game plan for Colorado State against Vanderbilt fully. So Vanderbilt fans, a lot of a lot of them, uh, uh, me included, before I started preparing for this upcoming matchup uh, with Vanderbilt and covering that and previewing are not extremely familiar with Colorado State and their key players. Um, you, you spoke on that uh, a, that front seven that you said may have been some hyperbolo but has possible NFL talent there for Colorado State. So just run through some of the players on both offense and defense that Vanderbilt fans can keep an eye on this upcoming matchup.
3: Yeah, definitely the one. Uh, defensively, Scott Patchen, he's the guy that was at Florida, kind of a role player on the Florida D-line. He came in, had a great, you know, CSU only played four games last year, but he was really good in those four. He's a guy that came back basically to get more film to try and be an NFL guy. Uh, Manny Jones is another. He was plucked out of SEC territory by uh, Mike Bobo. And then on offense, uh, Dante Wright, a little speedy receiver. He's a guy that that can make big plays, but the, the star of the team is Trey McBride. He's a... You know, Adazio calls him the best tight end in the the nation. That might be true. Uh, You know, I I think Todd McShay had him as as the best tight end in the country, number, I think, 27 in his kind of latest mock draft, if you will. So Trey McBride's a guy, great pass catcher, uh, a ferocious run blocker. So he is by far the face of this team.
2: So we have some interesting matchups. The quarterback there for you guys is a transfer from Temple, Ramon Davis, the running back for Vanderbilt, is a transfer from Temple as well. We also have Joey Lynch, who has assumed the play calling duties for Vanderbilt, that was the former offensive coordinator there at Colorado State. So um, how do you think that is going to play into this matchup and then just kind of a rundown of, of how you expect that matchup to go?
3: yeah the Lynch angle is interesting you know he was here for a blink of an eye he was mm-hmm. in Fort Collins for for last season which like I said is only four games so you didn't get to see a whole lot um and it was it was certainly an interesting move when he went to Vanderbilt but not as the offensive coordinator now obviously we've learned that he may not have the title but it sounds like he's kind of the offensive coordinator yeah, I think he has uh, the
1: title now de facto. yeah yeah
3: yeah, exactly. So that's gonna be intriguing. I'm sure he will uh, probably want to put on a show uh, in Canvas Stadium uh, against his his briefly boss. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a that's a fun matchup. I'm intrigued to see if Patrick Smith is in involved very much. Former He's commit. a guy. Yeah, he was a Colorado State commit that. Um, You know, fans were really excited about, obviously, he put up some crazy high school numbers. So, Mm -hmm. so when he flipped, that was, uh, you know, a loss, you know, as as far as CSU fans were concerned. So that's an intriguing one. So for two teams i have never played, it's kind of funny how many kind of connections there are, you know, spread across the country, but, but they actually have a a pretty decent amount of tie-ins.
1: Yeah, uh, Kevin, watching that game last weekend looked like a tremendous atmosphere, too, at Canvas Stadium. Of course, the season opener, you're playing uh, an FCS team, but a really good one. And, and, you know, having a home opener, it's, you know, typically going to be a good crowd with a, a good fan base there in Fort Collins. With this one, um, coming into a Vanderbilt matchup with an SEC team, how do you how, how do you gauge the excitement of the fan base right now and kind of gearing up for that one this weekend? What would you expect the atmosphere to look like?
3: Yeah, you're right. It was jumping Friday night. It was a lot of fun. And that CSU only played one home game last year and they yeah. had no fans. Um, so it was really cool to see that and feel that energy again. Um, I think the fan base is in a weird spot right now. There's a lot of frustration. CSU went one and three last year, obviously an ugly start to this year. You know, Adazio, frankly, wasn't the most popular hire when he came in. So there's a lot of angst um, right now, but but still excitement. Um, Saturday night is ag day, which, Uh, For those of you that don't know, Colorado State is a big agricultural school, agricultural history, they'll be wearing uh, green and orange, which were their original colors, and that game always brings a lot of energy. It's not technically homecoming, but for CSU in a lot of ways it's as big or bigger than homecoming, so this is always a good energetic crowd. I've heard that student ticket uh, distribution is going pretty well, which obviously is, is what kind of keys the atmosphere, so I think it'll be a decent crowd He was 32,000 last week, which is uh, just a few thousands shy of a sellout. I don't think he'll be quite there this week, but I think it should be a good atmosphere, at least early on, uh, even with the late kickoff.
2: Yes, speaking of the atmosphere, and that is a very late kickoff for me here in Nashville, 9 p.m. So I'm not looking forward to that late, late kickoff time. You guys
3: need to get a nap in uh, in the afternoon, right?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Going to have to take the mid-afternoon nap so I can build up and stay up till 1 a.m. to watch this (laughs) game. But um, you spoke of that atmosphere, and both of these teams are coming off what, to put lightly, would be called disappointing week one performances, getting beaten by 19 and 20 against FCS opponents. So this is kind of a weird and importance of game. This is an extremely important game for both teams, but not necessarily to propel the season to extreme heights, but to just get the season back on the relatively right track. Do you you think this game is more important to Colorado State or Vanderbilt?
3: Mm, That's a great question. That's a tough question. I'm guessing fans on either side would argue that has to be their team and would probably have pretty valid arguments. Um, I would say Vanderbilt, maybe there's a little less pressure just because it is first year under a new coach. And you I think everyone knows that it's you know a rebuild of sorts and it's going to take a little time. Whereas Colorado State, I think there's a little more pressure because they struggled last year. Like I say, it wasn't the most popular hire in the world. So um, I think there's a little more pressure there. Obviously, playing at home, I think factors in a bit. But on the flip side... An SEC team is not going to be happy losing to a Mountain West team if that were to happen. I, I don't care what the circumstance is. Uh, and kind of on the flip side, there's certainly some CSU fans that say, oh, it's Vanderbilt. You know, it's not, you know, it's not the, the big boys of the SEC, so we should win that one at home. So in some ways, I think you can argue both ways um i guess i would lean a little bit toward colorado state but that might just be locality bias yeah. um I'm, i hear from their fans not vanderbilt fans <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i want to turn it to to vanderbilt now and and you know if, as, as you throw the tape in who are some of the guys in the black and gold that you think could potentially uh cause some issues for colorado state
3: well i'm really intrigued by the quarterbacking situation how that's going to unfold obviously you know the old <laughs> if 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 you have two you have none is not that the phrase yeah. Um, so I'm intrigued to see how that goes. And, uh, that's kind of where Adazio is coming from. of He's like, we don't really know what to expect from this team because, you know, they have one game of tape. It was a blowout loss to an FCS team. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And that's where I'm really intrigued is I don't know what to expect. <laughs> I don't even know who you know, who has to be, you know, if you're looking at like he's who has to be stopped, that type of thing. It's hard to to unravel that. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, I am intrigued to, you know, uh, to see if Patrick Smith plays. I saw he had a couple carries last week, but he's a guy that just because of the connection is intriguing. But it's a very weird situation to just have so much uncertainty. I know it happens with, you know, new coach, but I think just because of the matchup and the way last week's game went, it's really just a huge wild card.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it, and, and you know we like to usually ask our guests about predictions, and it's time for that now. Uh, we're going to put you on the hot seat, Kevin, um, for Colorado State and Vanderbilt. Obviously, a late kickoff. Um, what are your keys for either team, and then what are what is uh, what's your prediction for this one Saturday
3: night? Well, I think, you know, this is obviously a football cliche, but turnovers, uh, you know, two teams are struggling. The last thing you can do is give the ball away. I know Vanderbilt had a little bit of an issue with that. CSU had one last week that proved fairly costly. Uh, so that's going to be a key. I think whoever wins that battle, you know, they're, the odds swing pretty heavily in their favor. So you have to be clean with the ball because this is a game that I really feel might turn on a big interception, big fumble, something like that. So that's one against a super obvious one, but, but it's legitimate. And then starting well, I think that first quarter, both these teams, there's some angst, frustration, worry, whatever you want, especially for CSU. If, if the Rams have a bad first quarter in front of this crowd, it's, you know, you get tense real fast. So I think especially for CSU, have to start fast. Um, I, uh, I, I have a radio show that I was on yesterday, I'm trying to remember what score I predicted. I said CSU, I think by seven. I think I said 27-20. Uh, so I guess I have to stick with that for consistency's <laughs> sake. But it's, uh, I think it's very much an uh, interesting sort of toss-up type of game.
2: Yeah, it should be really. You interesting. went with the uh, politically correct prediction there, that is precisely on the <laughs> Vegas gambling line, right? There right. Yeah. Seven. Exactly. Seven That's points true. That's true, and right too. on the over/under as well. So. Can't argue with that prediction.
1: Right up Will's alley there. With the, yeah. he's, our, he's our Vegas guy. So, Kevin, thanks again for joining us. Good luck with your coverage. You will be uh, at Canvas Stadium in Fort Collins. Hopefully it is a good atmosphere. Hopefully there's a good game for you. So uh, thanks for taking
3: the time. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys.
1: Well, that does it for Episode 105 of The Door Report. Big thanks to our special guest today, Kevin Lytle from the Coloradoan. He covers Colorado State up in Fort Collins. It's always good to get another perspective from the opponent, for myself, Billy Derrick, Will Byram, and Kevin Lytle. You've been listening to episode 105 of the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.